Hello and welcome to the First Ten Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Feltz, here in Bloomington, Indiana. It's time for a Week 7 preview here in the Big Ten football season. A lot to be decided in the Big Ten West and a top 10 matchup in the Big Ten East await us here this Saturday, this coming weekend. A lot to talk about, a lot to break down here in the First and Ten. And joining me, as always, he's back home in Nashville, Tennessee. It's Reed Murray. Reed, what's going on? Hey, Pat. Back home for fall break. And we talked about the Alabama-Tennessee game last week and how Maybe I am bad luck for Tennessee and they can't succeed while I'm in state. So now I'm, I am back in state. We'll put the curse to the test this week when they play Alabama. Um, but, you know, we got great out-of-conference action. We also got a little bit of great in-conference action. So looking forward for this week. Absolutely. And Reed back home in Tennessee. It feels good to say that on the show, being able to say Reed Murray's in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, make, makes me feel good. Definitely uh, used to it. Rolls right off the tongue. But, uh, yeah, no, big weekend for college football. No Ohio State game. So, Reed had no reason to be in Columbus, right? You, you got to wonder, like, is there anything going on in Columbus other than the Ohio State football team? Got to, got to wonder. Well, yeah, I mean, we got, we got the Olympic <laughs> sports, of course, but yeah, you know, I think I'm kidding. It's no coincidence that the bye week and fall break are the same week. And I, uh, I was gonna say, most schools don't do that. That is, that is such an Ohio State move. I love it. I think it's very. Smart. I love it. Yeah, I think it's terrific. Meanwhile, we've got some stuff going on in the Big Ten this week outside of the city of Columbus. We're all outside of Columbus today. What to watch for this week, Reed. I'll start with my what to watch for. The Big Ten West is up for grabs. We have got a four-horse race in the Big Ten West, and the two matchups in division this week will absolutely play a major role in deciding it. Nebraska-Purdue, 7.30 kickoff on BTN, and the Nooner on BTN, Minnesota-Illinois. These four teams are just about deadlocked in the Big Ten West standings. And Reed, I think there's a good chance that whichever team out of the four looks the best out of these this week is our Big Ten West champion heading into the end of the season. We're in the second half of the season now. The games are getting real. I think the West maybe can't be decided this week, but we can get a much better feeling for who's going to come out on top and head to Indianapolis. Now, hang on, remind me. Who are the four? You got Nebraska, Purdue, Minnesota, Illinois. They're just about deadlocked in the standings. So you're thinking Nebraska's really got a chance Well, here. yes and no. My thought is this. In practice, no, but in theory, yes. technically speaking, they have a chance in terms of the numbers, their division record. They've absolutely got a chance. Do I think they do in, you know, you look at the team on the field, probably not, but they're still alive. They're more alive in Wisconsin, Northwestern and Iowa are right now. I really do think that Nebraska, if they have a good showing this week against Purdue, there's no reason why they can't win it. Right. Just looking at it from a pure numbers perspective, there's no reason. Now, are they that kind of team? I doubt it. I also don't really think Illinois is that kind of team. I think it's probably going to be Purdue or Minnesota. However, Purdue's already beaten Minnesota, and Illinois is still alive. Minnesota is still alive. Nebraska is still alive. Purdue is still alive. These four teams all have a chance. you got to play the games for a reason. Games aren't won on paper. We say it every week. I think Nebraska's still got a shot. I'm not going to pick them to win it. Spoiler alert. However, they absolutely can. There's no reason in my mind why they can't. Fair enough on that one. Um, I'm going to say for me, my what to watch for this week is Michigan State getting back on track. Um, we've been Michigan State doubters this entire season, and I stand by that. We were right about that. Mm-hmm. They're now sitting at two and four, um, and I think they wholeheartedly deserve that two and four record. But I will also say that that can be a little bit deceiving. And I think at the end of the day, they probably should be about six and six. I think some people now might uh, look at this Michigan State team and go and have the pendulum swing too far and say, oh, they're going to go three and nine. They're going to miss a bowl game. Uh, I don't think Michigan State's good, 
but I don't think they're terrible. And I think this week is a good week for them to get back on track. Finally, get things um, progressing in the right direction again. And um, I think they can kind of build on this week. And I do think they will end up becoming bowl eligible um, by the end of the season. I think this is the week that they um, kind of get the gears turning on that a little bit more. Yeah. I don't know about becoming bowl eligible Reed. I mean, they're two and four right now. And let's just look at the schedule the rest of the way. Wisconsin, I'm, I'm not going to say they can't win this game. I'd call it probably a toss-up. At Michigan, they're not going to win. At Illinois, it's tough. Rutgers at home, pretty gross game, but they, they can win it, absolutely. Versus Indiana, also a gross game. They can win it. At Penn State, no way. So, Reed, assuming I, – I think there's a chance that they finish with a 4-8 and eight record. I, I think there's – probably as good of a chance to go four and eight as there is a chance to go six and six, probably better because I, I don't see them beating Michigan or Penn state on the road. No way, no how it would be an upset for them to beat Wisconsin. It would be an upset for them to beat Illinois. And, uh, and they can't afford to lose either of those two games. If they want to, yeah, that's where I disagree with you. I think Michigan state is clear in a way, a better team than Rutgers and Indiana. I think those well, are, they, they are. Yeah. Teams. Okay. Then they can win those then, two games that, that gets you to four. Where do you find the other two wins? Right, well, this is what, this is what I'm saying. I think they are clearly better than Indiana Rutgers, and I do think they are better than Illinois and Wisconsin. And I know, yes, Illinois is five and one, and that's on the road. Talked about this last week. That's on the road. That's tough. I think Michigan State is a better football team than both of those Western teams. I think they pick up. I think they lose obviously to Michigan and Penn State. I think those are pretty clear losses. Um, Or who knows? Maybe they pull an upset. They've tended to do that against Michigan, but no, I do think they lose those two games. Uh, And I think out of those remaining four teams in the schedule, I think they are the better football team in all those games. I, I disagree. I think Illinois is a better team than them. I think Illinois is better coached. I think Illinois is better disciplined. I think Illinois has a much better defense. I don't see a reality where Michigan State goes on the road and beats this Illinois team with the way they're playing right now. I think you're out of your mind for that one, Reid. Well, I'm saying – because I, I feel like you're saying this because they have a 2-4 and four record. When you look at the – No, it's four, not about the – Michigan, three of those four Michigan State's against... been awful. They've looked awful. They, they haven't looked good. It'd be one thing if they were like last year's Nebraska team and they kept losing in these three-point games every week. Michigan State looked terrible last week. Awful. No way. They also played the best team in the country last week. I agree. Yeah. I think made everybody look terrible, barring but, Notre Dame. But it's not a one-off thing for Michigan State. I mean, you look at Washington game, they looked awful. Minnesota game, they looked beyond awful. Maryland game, they weren't really competitive. I mean, th- this is just not I'm a still good football I'm still cutting a little bit slack. No. I think they've played – I disagree. This is not I a good football I think they've played the best team in the Big Ten, the third best team in the Big Ten, and the fifth best team in the Big Ten. Um, and I think those are all pretty good teams. Um, and I think they're, I, I think their confidence is shot. I think maybe the schedule didn't line up too favorably for them. All right. I think they're toast. Fair enough. I think they bounce back this week. I disagree with you there. We'll get into it when we pick those games, but I don't disagree with you as much as I disagree with you about them going and beating Illinois on the road. I, I just don't see that happening. I don't think Illinois is a particularly great football team, but what I do think Illinois is, is a much better disciplined and a much tougher football team than Michigan state. You know, Michigan State's soft on the back end. That defense is soft. They, they give up yards so easily. Chase Brown's going to run all over them. And the Michigan State defense just can't hang in, in a game where, you know, Illinois is going to want to play a tough physical football game. Michigan State can't play that way. I just do not see it happening, Reed. But that's a couple of weeks away. We don't need to talk about it now. Reed thinks Michigan State gets back on track, gets to bowl eligibility. I disagree. We don't disagree too often here on the first and 10, but I'm pretty fervent in this one, so. Uh, always good to have a little bit of debate. We're, we're embracing debate. We're masters of it, if you will. Shout out to our, our friends from a podcast from long ago. So 
Getting past that, though, Reed, we've got a lot to watch for this week. We talked about it, a battle atop the Big Ten West, maybe Michigan State bouncing back, maybe not. But I think if you want to talk about something great to watch for, we can watch for uniforms. So, Reed, what's your uniform matchup of the week? When you're watching stuff to watch for, if that makes sense, what will be the best-looking thing you're watching? So I'm going to go ahead and say Illinois-Minnesota on this one. I agree. Um, Minnesota, let me first of all say thank you to at GopherFootball on Twitter for actually posting the uniform combination before the game. Amen. Um, come on, teams. Let's start doing this more often. Um, especially, you know, I don't think Ohio State or Michigan necessarily needs to post uniform combinations every week, but teams that don't have a set classic look like Minnesota where they're switching the pants and jerseys all the time, uh, post those uniform combos. Come on, guys. Mm-hmm. It's 21st century. Um, but – Minnesota is rolling out an all-white look against Illinois. I'm assuming they're just going with the classic uh, orange helmets, orange pants, and blue jerseys because that's in the team's uh, Twitter header. Fair assumption. Um, they're at home. Yeah, and I, so I'm going to go ahead and say that's my uniform matchup of the week, and here's my point about the all-white uniforms. Um, I had a tweet recently, probably about two or three weeks ago, that said my least favorite trend in sports uniform design or football uniform design is – Teams tricking fans to getting in, excited about all white uniforms by calling them icy. Um, I hate this icy trend, but I think there's a right way and a wrong way to go about it. And what inspired this tweet was the Tennessee Titans, my beloved hometown NFL team. They tweeted, oh, "He's sipping the Nashville Kool Aid again. Look at Reed. I'm not. I'm 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 pumping the Nashville Kool Aid out on the side of the road and spitting on it. Oh." Cool. This was a horrible tweet by the Titans. This they they post their uniform combination. I believe it was the week the Titans played the Bills. They say road conditions icy and then the uniform they roll out is a white jersey white pants dark blue helmet and like dark blue socks and stuff like that that's not icy right it's just just a road uniform yeah (laughs) it's just a road uniform with white pants which are even which are boring um i think for you to have an icy or a good white out or you know icy white or whatever uniform you at the very least have to have a white helmet to go with it it's got to be white Mm -hmm. top to bottom i agree um what minnesota's doing here too they're doing it right. They've got they've got the white helmet, white logos in the helmet, white face mask, and also they're rolling with white socks uh, and gloves and everything. You can't just you know put put a pair of white pants on and say, oh, we're icy. Um, I think that's so stupid in uh, football design. <laughs> Minnesota's doing it right this week, though. Amen. And I'm uh, with you, Reed. So, salute to Minnesota, and that will conclude my uh, my soapbox about football uniforms the truest icy white i think ever in the big 10 was i think it was 2017 i believe it was 2017 or 16 indiana wore these all white uniforms with silver outlines on it oh those were horrible i agree i don't think they're good uniforms but they're the truest icy whites ever um against purdue in the old open bucket game look up these uniforms i think it was 2017 or 2016 indiana uniforms versus purdue you can Google it, but and what's so bad there was about a silver TV outline too. around everything. It was a script helmet, silver, but it was a true icy white because white was the only color you could really see. It was pretty tough to read the silver stuff on the uniform. It was just outlines, but it, it was a very true to form icy white. I will give them that. What's so bad about those ones in particular too, that the word Hoosiers on top is written in that silver, but the number is in crimson. So it kind of just looks like a Jersey with, just the number and but it's oddly spaced because the hoosiers mm-hmm. it's just oh it's it looks so weird you can't you can't even tell it's there the spacing and all the proportions are so weird on this uniform um yeah that that's definitely one that indiana uh is going to look back when they, when they look at the film they're going to look back at that one wish they had that one back yeah I, I agree i do not like those uniforms but uh but they were very much icy i will give them that 
that doesn't mean that doesn't mean good. It just means exactly. they are all white. And uh, and they were true to that, at least. I will give them that. Real quick, Minnesota bit, Reed. Uh, you talk about this being a great uniform matchup for the Gophers, but I think another great uniform matchup scheduled uh, over a decade from now, Minnesota scheduled a home-and-home with Alabama, Reed. Real quick, let's touch on this. How do you feel about this? I mean, I don't really feel one way or another. You know, it's, it's cool. I like seeing a little bit of Big Ten SEC competition. Um, you know, I like it, but I don't necessarily feel strongly, uh, you know, one way or the other about it. Yeah, 2032, 2033, uh, it, it is going to be kind of neat to see, you know, when we're in our 30s, Alabama going into TCF Bank or Huntington Bank, excuse me, stadium and taking on the Gophers. Should be a pretty neat matchup. I hope you've uh, you've marked your calendars a decade from now. I, I hope you're I will not busy. Say, yeah, and the one thing I do feel about this is I think it is a little bit silly to, you know, schedule games 10 years in advance. That's how the sport works. And but, you know, I think that's it's how it's been working for, for a while now. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not going to moan about that. I, I don't like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I wish we could schedule games like a year or two out or like with Coastal Carolina and BYU that one time a week out and just say, let's play it. Let's play football. I uh, I don't like the, the trend of scheduling a decade in advance. I'm with you there. But, hey, if you've got no plans in 2033 and, uh, and you want to watch a decent football game or at least a, a pretty neat matchup, Alabama, Minnesota, it's happening. So uh, I hope you don't have plans in uh, in 11 years. If you do, you might want to clear those calendars. All right, moving on, Sicko's Game of the Week. Reed, I'm picking Minnesota – or not Minnesota, Michigan State. I was, Minnesota's on the brain. Michigan State, Wisconsin. I know I should probably pick Indiana, Maryland, but I, I feel like Indiana and Maryland are, are a little bit more competitive than Wisconsin, Michigan State. I love what I saw from Wisconsin last week. I'm all in on the dead cat bounce with them. I think they really bounce back post Paul Chris firing and win seven or eight games. And I'm all the way out on Michigan State, too, which helps. I've still got one singular toenail in the water on it. No, I don't. I think I'm out on Indiana. But uh, I don't know. I don't I don't feel comfortable picking Indiana for the Sickos game. Even if I should, I uh, I feel like I'd be doing myself a disservice doing it back-to-back weeks because I, I think I did it last week, too. But because uh, no, uh, last week was against Michigan. Yeah, and I, and I think I said it was going to be such a blow. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Oh. The point is – I don't know, Reed. I, I, you know what? I would be lying if I said it's Wisconsin-Michigan State. Indiana-Maryland's the Sickos game of the week. And here's why it's the Sickos game of the week. Indiana is begging students to go to this game. It's fall break. As much of a fall break as we can get. As, as IU students, they gave us one single day. Today, this Friday that we're recording this on, is a day off. And uh, I didn't have classes on Friday anyway. So it means absolutely nothing to me. But a lot of students are going to be off campus for this three-day weekend. And also a lot of students just don't want to go to the game probably. So I opened my email this morning, Reed, when I wake up, I've got a notification on my school email address and it was your IU football ticket has been delivered. And I was really confused because I don't have season tickets for IU football because I have a credential. So I was like, why did they give me a ticket? Was this an accident? Did they sent it to last year's mailing list. I don't know. So I open it and then I check Twitter. I see some tweets. People were like, yeah, it sounds like IU's just sending every single student a copy of a ticket for this week if they want to go to the game, which is a neat gesture. However, a Big Ten school giving out free tickets and begging students to please, for the love of God, come to a game, that that is sad. That is sad. That should not have to happen. But it is happening because people have given up on Indiana football. I've kind of given up on Indiana football. Darren Hiller was fired, so maybe the offensive line looks a little bit better. But I don't know. You can't know. It's uh, It's tough to get excited to watch this team play. 
I'm certainly not too excited to watch this team play the rest of the way. Something drastically has got to change for that to happen, and it has to start up front. Yeah, this game is going to be disgusting. I, I don't even think Maryland's like this amazing football team that is just better than Indiana in every single facet of the game. But what I do think is is that Maryland is a competent and complete football team. Indiana is not. This game is going to suck, and uh, it's a shame I'm going to have to sit through it all. You know, it's funny. Uh, I actually was not going to have the Indiana-Maryland game as my sickos game of the week. I was going to go uh, Wisconsin-Michigan State. Maybe I'm, too, maybe I'm too picky. Maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm my own team's biggest critic. The only reason that I say Maryland-Indiana is not the sickos game of the week because it would be in a normal year is I still think Maryland. I'm still in on them, and I also – I I would say, oh, it's going to be a blowout. It's going to be horrible. But, you know, Indiana gave Michigan a run for its money last week, so – there's a chance that Indiana makes things interesting here. I don't think they I don't will, think they have but, the blocking to be able but there's to score always a point chance. With Maryland. There's at least been precedent no. set. It's happened once before last week. There's I mean, a chance were, you get a, a couple half. interesting quarters. I think they can have a, a half, but I, I think eventually the, the game is just going to be out of hand. I don't, I don't see it happening. No, I agree with you, but I think the Maryland or the, excuse me, the, the Wisconsin Michigan state game overall is going to be less. Um, it's just going to have less general appeal than uh that's fair Indiana, at least that's fair um, maryland's got star power and neither michigan state or wisconsin really do yeah um so actually I, I i will say you know random you know just random people watching college football would probably be more interested in michigan state brand wisconsin names than yep. maryland indiana but for me at least because i recognize that maryland is a good football team i am more interested in maryland uh indiana so i'm, I'm i making... recognize maryland's good but i also recognize that indiana's awful yeah, but like I said, there's there's always a chance. Um, they at least gave us hey, the, the summer hope that they could make this game interesting. You are so, more optimistic than me. I, I will I will give I'm you not that. optimistic on Indiana. All I'm saying is is they but they you're gave more Michigan optimistic. It's relative. You never know. It's relative. You never I, know. I do know. <laughs> I do. Know. Yeah, not happening. All right. All right. Game of the week. Easy. Yeah, it's easy. Penn State, Michigan. Top 10 matchup in Ann Arbor, 12 o'clock, big noon kickoff, big blue kickoff, if you will. Fourth straight week that the big noon crew has gone to wherever Michigan's playing. Second of those to be in Ann Arbor. Michigan undefeated, Penn State undefeated. Battle of the Titans. Uh, not much more you can even say about this one. Reed, I think we have a lot to learn about Michigan, though. I, I don't think this is a cut and dry. We, we think this, this team is absolutely – I'm not absolutely sold on Michigan yet. It's not cut and dry like that. And I'm far from sold on Penn State. We're going to learn a lot about these teams this week. Reed, what do you think we're going to be able to learn about Michigan in this matchup? Well, I think in this game, you know, you're looking at a Michigan team that we were both super confident in. And then last week, uh, I think you and me both can kind of agree that we've kind of taken a step back on Michigan after that performance. I'm with you. Indiana. I'm with you. Um, with Penn State, um, I think they're the kind of team where they absolutely can lose in horrible fashion to a bad team, but I think they can step it up when they need to um, because, you know, we saw it last season, Penn state, they had a couple real, you know, poor games. And then they go into the shoe night game, you know, excited crowd, great opponent and Penn state absolutely played well in that game. Um, and I think we can kind of see the same thing with Penn state this year. There've been a couple of games where I think Penn state could have uh, arose to a higher level against lower competition and they didn't really. Um, but I've also seen good moments from Sean Clifford and I've seen uh you know, instances. So I, my take on Penn State and what makes this interesting for Michigan and what we'll learn about Michigan is my take on Penn State is they are, you know, I, I'm hesitant to put them above number 15 because I think they can absolutely slip up. And I, and I think 
there are teams that should be ranked higher than them who are better than them. But I also mm-hmm. think Penn State has the capability to beat teams that are better than them. And that's what Michigan is. I think Michigan top to bottom is a better football team than Penn State. But I think Michigan could struggle, especially because, you know, we talked about the the, the schedule issues Michigan's had of playing one of the easiest non-conference schedules of all time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, tough game against Maryland. Maryland's a great football team, like we've said. But, oh, you know, there are no, Very good. no uh, you know, Big East contenders, really. Big Ten East contenders. The Big East does not play football anymore. I, I did I did I not say Big Ten East? You said Big East. Whatever. Continue. Anyway, <laughs> um, there are no Big Ten East contenders. Excuse me. They would uh, be Big East contenders. I'll give them that. Maybe yeah, not basketball, but yeah. football, sure. But um, you know, then they go go on the road to Iowa. I think that's you know Iowa's not really all that in my opinion. Then then they go on the road to Indiana. So it's still not a great resume Michigan or not not a great strength of schedule Michigan's had so far so I think Penn State just by virtue of that can really find themselves in an advantageous position potentially take advantage of a JJ McCarthy who has done well but again hasn't really felt the pressure of facing that good of a team the only time he's really faced that pressure was against Michigan State and he made mm-hmm. costly error that, that potentially lost the scene in the game so I think Penn State can kind of catch Michigan out here um, I think this can be a challenge for Michigan um, you know, facing a team of Penn State's caliber for the first time really since last January, or I guess maybe it was December whenever they play that playoff game, whatever, since last season. Um, but I do think at the end of the day, Michigan is going to prevail. I think Michigan is a better team straight up. And I think, uh, you know, the better athletes win out in this one. I agree with you. I, I do think Michigan is going to win this game. But one interesting wrinkle here is that Penn State's coming off of a bye. Now they played terrible two weeks ago against Northwestern five turnovers and still managed to win the game by double digits because Northwestern is of course that awful, but they're coming off a bye. They've had two weeks to prepare for Michigan, two weeks to tune up, two weeks to correct whatever it was uh, that they had in their system against Northwestern. But I don't know if it's going to be enough. I I think this Penn state team, while that's an impressive record and they've beaten some good teams along the way, like Purdue, you know, winning at Auburn, Auburn's not very good, but they crushed them and Auburn, is still a very tough place to play. Let's be honest. It's one of the top environments in the sport. It's Jordan Hare. But uh, but this is just not as talented of a football team. This is not as deep of a football team. This is not as well-coached of a football team. This is not as disciplined of a football team as Michigan. I think Michigan's got some issues of its own, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I do think Penn State keeps it to one score, though. My prediction here, Reed, for the score, it's going to be Michigan 31, Penn State 23. 23. 23. That is a score. Um, it's it's common say, enough. Is it? Yeah. That's two touchdowns, three field goals. I guess. Yeah. Um, or what, what I would much prefer is three touchdowns, one safety. That'd be much cooler. Everybody loves the safety game. Or three touchdowns with two of them having two-point conversions. That would be something special. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Michigan 38, Penn State 21. This will be a great um, – three quarters and there will be you know lots of eyeball emojis on michigan oh they're on upset alert oh penn state's gonna get them i don't think penn state will get them um you know because of course this is a james franklin coach team they they will crumble when they have all the great chances to win the game um but classic uh, who would have thought yeah no i think i think michigan prevails here i think michigan's just better straight up the victors are the victors for both of us we will both have michigan here winning this i agree just a better football team should be a fun one though. Definitely worth keeping an eye on Fox noon. You'll be there. We'll all be there. All right. Getting into the rest of our score predictions this week, staying in the noon slate, Minnesota, Illinois, 
This one in Champaign, five and one Illini got that AP ranking, did not get the SMP ranking. Minnesota, four and one. They lost to Purdue last time we saw the Gophers on the field. They're coming off of a bye. And I think that is going to help Minnesota here. Coming off of a bye really is, is a big deal. Coming off of some rest, had two weeks to prepare for this Illinois team. Minnesota's a six and a half point road favorite, which sounds like a lot, but I do think Minnesota's a more talented football team than Illinois. I think Illinois had a really fun run. They're going to get to a decent bowl game. They're going to get seven or eight wins probably. But I think the buck stops here. Minnesota takes them back down to earth. I have the Gophers 20 to 14, not a very high scoring game. And I think that six and a half line is about right. But yeah, I, I do like Minnesota here to win outright. Reed, what do you think? Yeah, I'm not quite sold on Illinois. I think this is, like you said, the game that brings them back down to earth. I do think it's criminal that Illinois ranked in Minnesota isn't. Um, I think Minnesota shows them what's up. I'm going to go 31 to 20 Gophers. 31 to 20 Gophers is Reed's pick. So should be another really interesting game. I think we've got, you know, while it's a limited slate because there are a lot of games on teams on by in the Big Ten, we've got a pretty good noon slate, all things considered. Two heavyweights in, in one game and then two teams contending for the West and the other. So a lot to watch for in that Big Ten noon slate. Now the only 330 game we've got, Indiana, Maryland. We talked about this one a little bit ago, but Reed, I don't see a world where IU wins this game. I could see it being close for – two and a half quarters before Maryland's talent just wins out because that's what Maryland's got is talent and they can actually block for their quarterback. Who would have thought? Give me Maryland here, 27 to 10. I don't like Indiana to score very many points, but the defense can keep them competitive for a little bit. I will say that. Yeah. Like you said, the two and a half quarter thing, I'm, I'm on board with you on that. I'm going to say Maryland 35, 17. Yeah. I, I think we're kind of in the same boat here eventually the the wheels are just going to fall off for Indiana. The defense can't keep up or the defense can't win them the game all by themselves. The offense eventually has to do something. And Hey, maybe the offense gets better now that they have a real offensive line coach or at least a new offensive line coach about real. It certainly a lot lot remains to be seen from the unit. That's very tough to turn over position coach midway through the season and expect things to, to immediately get better without an off season's worth of change, whether it's in training regimen or in terms of personnel, but I think it can help. Maybe they get a little bit of a dead cat bounce as a unit. I, I think it's worth looking into. So, yeah, I, I will say maybe the offensive line improves a little bit for Indiana, but just given the real lack of talent in that offensive line, I don't think that's anybody's fault other than Darren Hiller for, for recruiting it. But uh, I, I think they are going to struggle regardless, no matter how much better I, I think they can get from week to week. So this offensive line is a really low ceiling, I, I will say. Um there are some players I like more than others in it who, who I think have a better chance. I think first and 10 guest Josh sales should be playing more among others, but uh, yeah, I, I have my thoughts on Indiana's offensive line. I'm not going to bore you to death with it. The short answer is, well, I think it can improve a little bit this week. It's not enough to make them competitive in a conference game, let alone a conference game against a really good Maryland team. So yeah, Maryland's our pick here. We're on the same page there. Four o'clock on Fox, Wisconsin, Michigan State. Reed, we did talk about this one a little bit earlier as well. I've got the Badgers going on the road. They're seven-point favorites. I like that line a lot. I have Wisconsin winning this game 20-13. to 13. I think it's low scoring. The over-under 49, pretty low there, but so, so is that Minnesota-Illinois one, 39 and a half. Um, not expecting a lot of points to be scored across the Big Ten this week, but, uh, but I do think that in, in this Michigan State-Wisconsin game, I don't love Michigan State, but I mean, Wisconsin's had their own struggles. 
it should be competitive. I'll say that. But Wisconsin's going to win it in the end. 20 to 13 is my pick. Reed, what you got? I like the Spartans here. I'm going to go 24-14. 24-14. Why do you feel that way? Um, I mean, kind of the same as you. I don't think it's going to be super high scoring, um, but I I don't know. I, I think I've seen more positive signs from the Michigan State offense. You know, last week, Michigan State did absolutely get battered, but I think early on there were signs of life for Michigan State that made me feel a little bit optimistic about them. And Wisconsin's um, not Ohio State. Exactly. So I, I think I think Michigan State can get it done here. I, I'm still – I'm going to roll with them uh, for this week. Who do you like having a big game for Michigan State, Reid? Um, I mean, I'll go Peyton Thorne. Why not? Maybe this will be the Peyton Thorne breakout game. The Peyton Thorne game. I like it. I like it. All right. Hey, if Peyton Thorne has a day, let's, let's, you want to make it, you want to, you want (laughs) to tell you what, do you care to make this interesting? It depends. uh, Let's go Peyton Thorne versus Graham Mertz. Let's make a bet here. Cause I think Graham Mertz is going to have a better game. Graham Mertz's advanced statistics the last few weeks have actually been really good. Graham Mertz is a better football player than you think. I'm I'm drinking the Kool-Aid again, Reed. If it's a low stakes bet, I'll absolutely take it. I'm, I'm I don't believe in this enough to make a high stakes bet, but if it's low stakes, how low of stakes are we talking? What what what's the bet? I don't know. It, it's going to depend on your suggestion because I'll take. Yeah, it, it really just depends on what the wager is for me. I think. Eh, do you want to bet on the game or do you want to bet on uh, on Graham Mertz versus Peyton Thorne? I'll do either. All right. If uh, if Graham Mertz throws for more yards than Peyton Thorne, what do you owe me? And what do I? And if other way around, what do I owe you? Well, that's the question. I don't know. I mean, I don't really have too much stake in this, uh, you know, emotionally. Um, I don't either. Yeah. Um, you know what? We can come up with this off air. Maybe if we come up with it after the episode, we'll record a quick. Hey, we figured out what our wager is, uh, you know, have a good weekend. But I think that's um, fun. Yeah. I, I, whenever we can incorporate a tiny little, you know, gentleman's agreements into the first and 10, I think, I yeah. think that's a fun time. It I think this is one, it'll take a little bit longer to come up with one. So I think we'll spare our listeners the spitballing. Mm-hmm. And then once we, you know, we're, we'll figure this out off air and we'll let them know later. One of us is going to be out doing something that's going to hit us like a ton of bricks. It's just going to be a light bulb flash into our mind. But if you, our listeners, have any ideas for what our Graham Mertz versus Peyton Thorne uh, little prop agreement should be, let us know. We're more than open to your ideas. All right, last game of the week, Reed. Well, at least in the Big Ten, because we've got a, a pretty fun out-of-conference game in the state you're, resi- you're residing in right now to predict as well. 7.30 BTN, Nebraska at Purdue. Boilers, 14-point favorites. I think that's a pretty high line i don't think nebraska is as bad as vegas does here listen this is a nebraska team that's looked pretty good the last couple weeks and maybe they're not looking it against good teams it's indiana and Rutgers, after all but what they are doing is winning games that they wouldn't have won under scott frost and i like that about this mickey joseph team i think that nebraska keeps this one competitive at purdue purdue's had nebraska's number for a while now it feels like so i am going to pick the boilers here just a little closer than what the line might suggest. I'm saying 24 to 21 Purdue wins it. I'm going to go 31 to 17. Uh, what was the line for that one again? 14 on the dot. Well, I guess then mine is uh, I hate these on the dot spreads. You have to have a half and a spread. I agree. What happens if you pick a four, if a, you know, 
What happens if, if it's exactly on the line? It's chaos. So yeah. Chaos. Agreed. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, I like Purdue in this one by uh, pretty much 14. I think the odds are, are about right on that one. All right. Um, give me the it's a game worth watching for. I think it'll be more competitive than Reed does. But regardless, it has pretty big stakes for the Big Ten West. So that's it for our Big Ten part of the show. Time to get into our out-of-conference game of the week. Reed, you're in the state of Tennessee right now. Big game going on in Knoxville this weekend. The Vols, who we're both all in on, hosting the Alabama Crimson Tide, who we are both OUT out on. But Reed, really, ever since, you know the curse. We talked about it on our last show. Ever since you moved to Tennessee, Tennessee has not been able to beat Alabama. Well, actually, so I did I did a little bit of fact-checking on that one. Tennessee has beaten Alabama one time while I was in the state of Tennessee. Or actually, maybe we were on vacation. I don't know. But we did live in Tennessee during the two. We moved in January ah. of 2006, and it was fall of 2006 that, Al, that Tennessee beat Alabama. So um, there's a chance I was out of the state for some reason. But likely, I, Tennessee was my residence uh, at one point. Um, maybe I'm trying to think if there's a way to be like being to and from Ohio, like in the last time that, okay. Last time Tennessee beat Alabama, you had recently moved from Ohio to Tennessee, but this time around you had moved from Tennessee to Ohio. That could be it. Maybe that's it. Have we cracked the code? Have we broken the curse? But moral of the story is it's been a long, long time since Tennessee beat Alabama 16 years to be, to be exact. Excuse me. Is this the time the Vols get it done? Read. I say yes. I don't know what you say. What I'll say is, uh, you know, as much as we in the Murray family do not support the Tennessee Volunteers, I believe if the Volunteers win this game, we will be singing Rocky Top at the top of our lungs. Um, however, I do not think there will be singing taking place at this house. Maybe we'll be singing Never Give Up on You, uh, the team anthem of Nashville SC, who plays at the same time. But uh, we will not be singing Rocky Top, in my opinion, because as much as maybe the – me curse against Tennessee is still there. I think at the end of the day, you know, if we go back into the video of the, the, the famous video of the Alabama fan talking about why he hates Tennessee, the, the first line is exactly the reasoning for why I'm taking Alabama in this one. Because it's Tennessee. Because first of all, it's Tennessee. <laughs> Tennessee, is, they always do this and they are always doomed to find a way to lose. And it seems like every time that there have been ample opportunities or there have been, you know, many chances this year where, we, we think, oh, this is when Tennessee blows it, and they haven't blown it yet. I think this is it. Um, I think Alabama wins this one by 17. And uh, I hate saying that. And, and the, I, the reason I say that, I think it'll be a great game. And I think at the end of the day, you know, with five minutes left, Alabama will be up seven or something. They'll get a pick six, and then they'll, they'll run – you know, they'll get, they'll get some backdoor points, make it look like a blowout like Alabama tends to do this season. Um, but uh, – I think Bama comes out on top. I've just seen this movie far too many times of now it's finally either one, it's finally time for Bama to lose a game or two, it's finally time for Tennessee to win a game. True. Maybe these two cancel out. I don't know, but I, I, I got to roll with the tide on this one. Unfortunately, I'm an optimist. Give me the balls. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to watch much of this game. If any of it, because I'm going to have to be at Indiana, Maryland. That sucks. I am actually like really sad about that. I mean, this could be end up being a classic in the it SEC. It really game. could, and I might have to miss it to watch the stupid Indiana-Maryland game. But you know what? I've got a job to do, and I love it, and I gladly do it. However, man, this this sure would be cool to watch. Tickets right now, low low price to get into Nayland right now. Reed, do you know, do you know what the number is? Uh, I'm going to guess $300. $352. Sounds like uh, another stadium of similar size. 
um, in, a, in an important rivalry game. That's kind of how it was. Uh, kind of take a start for the Ohio State Michigan game. They're usually around that three hundred dollar mark. Wild. All right. Well, that's an expensive ticket. That's a good game. It's going to be exciting. So those of you who are lucky enough to have a chance to watch it, please watch it because I can't watch it for me. Watch there you it go. for and me quickly. Please. I know we only do one out of conference game a week. We're not going to do scores here, but I just want to quickly ask you. Uh, do you I'll think say Tennessee, you call... by the, Tennessee, by the way, I'm going to take 31 to 28. 31, 28. Uh, I don't even know what my score prediction is going to be, but I'm just going to say Bama by 17. Okay. Um, do you think just who's your straight up winner, USC or Utah? Trojans. Give me Utah. 30 to 27 Trojans. Fight on. There you go. Heard it here first. All right. That's it for the first of 10. Read anything else for you this week? Not for me. Nothing else for me. Have yourselves a great football. Oh, actually, Saturday. real quick. One Wait. thing for me. One thing for me. Shameless plug. Um, plug it. TheLantern.com, new story from yours truly. Um, it is about a gold medalist women's hockey player for the number one Ohio State women's ice hockey team. It's called Malte Brings Gold Medal Experience Back to Ohio State. Go check it out. It's on my Twitter. It's on my at uh, Reed J. Murray on Instagram. Read my work. And uh, next week, yeah, it is next week, Ohio State on Friday night is playing Minnesota Duluth in women's ice hockey. This is a rematch of the NCAA National Championship from last season. And I am on the call. Give that a look. Give the article a look. And uh, there you go. A lot of places to catch RJM outside of the first and 10 to those of you who want to. And I don't know why you wouldn't. So go give that a read. Give him a listen. I've got some content. You know where to find me. I'm always pushing it. So uh, always good stuff from both of us here on the show. If you want to entertain yourselves a little bit more outside of the first and 10. But that'll do it for this week's episode. For Reed, I'm Patrick. Have yourselves a great college football Saturday, and we will see you next time. Take care, everyone. Bye.